Hi, welcome to Taylor's Music Review Hour. I'm Taylor Tuck, and today I have a very special guest. Hi, I'm Piper. It's Piper. <laughs> it's I'm so excited to be on the show. Oh my god. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> I listened to last week's episode and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> of course, of course. I okay. You ready? I think we're ready. Yay. Okay. <laughs> So, my first song of today's music review is going to be Losing My Religion by R.E.M. I love this song. I told Piper I really nerd out about the lyrics, but uh, um, it's really about kind of losing something that you really love and feeling angry, sad, kind of confused about it. And so, that's my first song, and I'm going to read some of the lyrics in just a second. If I can find them. <laughs> it is such a beautiful song. I listened to it earlier again. Really? Beautiful. It's just so poignant, and it's honest. I think that's kind of what draws me to the song, really. Yes. I thought of do like talking about different lyrics in the song earlier, but like, I think I'm going to discuss this. Mm-hmm. So it says... Every whisper of every waking hour, I'm choosing my confessions, trying to keep an eye on you. Like a hurt, lost, and blinded fool, fool, oh no, I've said too much. I set it up. And it's like, the, the point of being hurt, but you know you have to be meticulous in the things that you say, or else you're going to lose something that you really care about. And I think that's really honest and it's really true. And like when he says trying to keep an eye on you, like trying to keep that person with you. Um, but then he gets really kind of into it and says like a hurt, lost and blinded fool. I've said too much, I set it up. And he's kind of blaming myself and I think there's a lot of blame that comes along um, when you feel like you're losing someone or something that you love. And you're losing your grip on it and your grasp and you're just really confused and I just find the the chaos of the song to be very kind of poignant to me I love that yeah I agree it's and it's just so like I don't know how to explain it but yes I agree (laughs) I like this is a song at home like I sing all the time just I mean Mm -hmm. it's just so fun (laughs) The, like the lyrics aren't fun but I think because I understand it so much I'm just yeah. it's just fun to me you know yeah that's how I am with um one of the other songs like the one that I'm gonna do yeah um is like the the lyrics are not necessarily like fun or like super happy or anything but it's just like a beautiful like meaning to the song you know what I mean yeah and like sometimes you just find yourself so much in the song that like it just feels like a friend to you so mm-hmm. I think this is one of the songs that kind of feels like a friend to me and um I don't know like people write off the songs that like in the things I've read saying it's like too popular it was mm-hmm. or overplayed or they don't really understand the song because when you l- look at the title you're like losing my religion oh it's like anti-christian but it's not about religion at all mm-hmm. it's about losing something and loss and I think everyone can relate to the loss in some kind of way Mm -hmm. and like Michael Stipe the lead singer of R.E.M. like 
before this song, they had other songs that were like really poppy and upbeat, but mm-hmm. he really kind of credited this song as being the, the turning point of their career. Mm-hmm. That took them from like college garage band to like superstardom. So I think, I think the song still resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm just a really big fan girl for it. Yeah. I also like one of the things about how, um, you know, like when a song is pretty popular, people are like, oh, it's overplayed. Oh, like you shouldn't like that song because it's so mainstream. But I think it's just like really sad that people think that way because regardless of how popular a song is, there's different reasons for everybody to like it. Yeah. And especially for like you. Like, somebody that's very just, like, eclectic and, like, resonates with poetry and music. Um, It has a deeper meaning than some other people might think it does. Yeah. And it shouldn't be seen as one of those things where it's like, you like that one song, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something so poetic as this song can become mundane if you hear it over and over again and you don't really delve into the lyrics. Mm -hmm. But I'm the kind of person, if I listen to a song once... The next time I listen to it, like, I'm going all into the lyrics, and yeah. I'm relating everything to my life, or mm-hmm. the the experiences of my friends. Like, I'm such a relational person where I relate the lyrics, you know, whatever's going mm-hmm. on. So I think you're right. Like, just because people will say it's, like, overplay doesn't mean you can't still get something, you know, valuable out of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, even in middle school, you know Car Radio by uh, 21 Pilots? Yeah, my sister used to love that song. Yes, such a great song. But I remember, like, people getting so upset because, like, they found out that I liked it. And they were like, oh, that's so mainstream. That's so basic. But, like, I really liked the song. Because, like, once you look at the lyrics and, like, what the actual meaning is, yeah, it sounds like a silly pop song. Hmm. But it's, like, it's it's kind of, like, about a mental breakdown. Right. (laughs) Like, if that makes sense. And it's just, like... If you, like, look into the lyrics, like you said, it's not mm. as mundane and basic as everybody says it is. Who's the lead singer of that band again? Um, Joseph... I th- oh, my goodness. Let me Sorry. Google it. I should know this. My sister was obsessed with them. Yes, me too. <laughs> I should know this, too. Um, I used to love them. Like, I used to listen to yeah. all of their music. Tyler Joseph. That's right. right. Tyler Joseph. Yeah. So it, yeah, just like songs like that, where it's like, everybody thinks it's just the yeah. most basic thing ever. And it just resonates with you because it's, it truly is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Like speaking of car radio, like when he says, someone just stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence. If you don't analyze that, you're like, why does it matter? But it's mm-hmm. like, it's not about a car radio. Yeah. It's, it's about being silent, like being in silence with your head and in your mind. Yeah. And, and your coping mechanism got taken away and exactly. now you're just stripped down to like just you and it's like overwhelming and it's awful yeah. you know yeah I uh like when I was having like a really rough part of my life um and like my phone would die or something and I wasn't able to listen yeah. to music it was just like I had to sit with my thoughts yeah. and not be able to cope through music yeah and truly it's like one of the one of the most isolating feelings is yeah. like not having something there that helps you like you can't distract yourself in any way and mm-hmm. people are like we'll just go for a walk and you're like at least for me I'm like okay but if I go for a walk I it's not gonna help me unless I'm listening to something you know yeah 
because when I'm walking or I'm rolling in my wheelchair, like, I'm going to be thinking about all these thoughts, and they're just going to, like, overwhelm me. But music really takes you away from that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So. But, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're my good. Soapbox. <laughs> no, you're good. But, yeah. Um, I agree with you about that. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to go into your first pick? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, my first song that I brought today is called um, Anything For You by the band Ludo. Mm-hmm. And I love this band. Yeah. Um, my freshman year English teacher, like, brought up one of their songs called, like, Pontchartrain. And it's... Really? It's, like, a very interesting story mm-hmm. kind of song. Um, but I loved it. And after that, like, I just was obsessed with all their music. Um, and Anything For You is just, like, one of those songs that just... It's so, like, cheerfully beautiful if that makes sense um so it's basically about this guy who is who has all of these things and all of these stories and these um trophies and everything and he is saying how how much he cares for this person that he would give them all up for them um so i have a few quotes um yay (laughs) the first one is never have you ever seen so many perfect evergreens but i would chop them all down just for you and he's talking about um, the evergreens that he, his entire family, like, planted and grew up with. So they're, yeah. like, old, and there's this, they're this, like, family heirloom kind of vibe. Like, and he would chop them down for this yeah. person. And I know that this band is, like, not Christian at all um, by any means. But, like, I think that this song is also just so beautiful, too, because it can be kind of related to how... God would do anything for us within reason, obviously. Right. Yeah. But he would, like in um, Matthew, uh, the story of like the parable of the lost sheep. Yeah. He would leave the like the ninety nine for us. For the one. For the yeah. one, and I think it's just like beautiful. Um, so I do have First Peter five six through seven. Yeah. Um, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Um, That doesn't necessarily, like, 100% fit with the quote, but I think it's one of those things where, like, you can give everything to God. And regardless of anything, he's going to take it from you. Right, exactly. Um, Which is just... I love it. I love Peter. <laughs> so it's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It actually got me thinking about. I don't know if you ever heard it. It's from like the late nineties. It's a song by Third Day called "Love Song." Love song. And it's basically talking about how people will say their love will make them climb a mountain or swim the sea or do anything for the one they love. Mm-hmm. But that those things are just metaphors and they'll never happen but god has done that all that for us already Mm -hmm. and that he would do anything for us yeah so it's kind of taking the concept of like you know love for another person that we say we'll do these things or our love is greater than this this and this Mm -hmm. but like jesus died on the cross for us Mm -hmm. so when you were kind of talking about the lyrics of that song it got me kind of thinking about that Mm -hmm really beautiful thing it really is um yeah. and then i have one more quote if that's okay. yeah um it's a longer quote it's like a whole verse <laughs> yeah um so i have crossed a natural plane and communed with the dead but people always seem to want some proof no one even would believe my luck 
of evil I've got pictures of, but I would throw them all out just for you. So he has these, like, trophies of all these things he's experienced and all of these, like, tales um, that people, like, would want proof for. And he has the proof, but he would throw them all out, like, for this person. And I know it sounds kind of silly to, like, overanalyze it in this way, but I just, I don't know, like, I just love the idea of someone being so caring about somebody especially God yeah um but also just like loving someone so much that you would do anything for them if that makes sense yeah um of course within within reason yeah (laughs) but like it's just and also just (laughs) the acoustic guitar in the song is just so beautiful yeah so and I forgot to send you my songs I'm so sorry no it's okay I'm totally gonna listen to them later yes I will send you the links I promise so beautiful yeah but that's what i've got on that (laughs) yeah and like the last kind of quote you read kind of thinking about the person saying i don't need recognition from others if you love me that's like all i need and Mm -hmm. i think that's very beautiful of him feeling like he doesn't need to prove himself to others in order to love the person Mm -hmm. yeah so beautiful i know oh I love, and the band themselves has so much range because they can sing, like, a song like that, but then also sing, like, some, like, heavy, like, not heavy metal, but, like, rock, like, some good old, good old-fashioned alternative rock, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Love me some good old rock. Yes. Oh, my lord. (laughs) Oh, my lord. I just love it. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, do you want to go into one of your songs? Yeah, Sure. Okay. I was kind of debating which one to do next, but I think I'll do Wonderwall. And again, I'm over here pull, pulling up the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But this is a song. Okay, don't quote me, but I think it's from 1995. <laughs> I know it was on the What's What's the Story Morning Glory album by Oasis. Oh. I love yes. Oasis. Oh like, I was talking to Piper earlier about how much I love don't look back in anger mm-hmm. and the story behind that song but I picked Wonderwall just because I know if I picked don't look back in anger we would be here for like three hours mm-hmm. and it would be crazy mm-hmm. and so Wonderwall is really pretty too and I think it it kind of became like one of those meme internet songs mm-hmm. but I think there's so much kind of value in the song and it's still beautiful to this day i mean almost 20 years later mm-hmm. am i doing math right i think 20 years what year was it 1995 i believe 95 so that is 20 um 27 years ago oh 27 so it's or closer 28, 28, oh it's closer to 30 years mm-hmm. okay cool all right let's see if i can find some lyrics um okay and all the roads that lead you there were winding and all the lights that light the way are blinding there are many things that i would like to say to you but i don't know how the chorus i said maybe you're going to be the one that saves me and after all you're my wonder wall and then he of course goes into the chorus again mm-hmm. but i think it's like Talk, talking about how when you find someone that you think is going to save you after you've been through so much kind of heartache and even he's saying this other person has gone through gone through a lot in their life mm-hmm. but here they are kind of with you and like you see them as this 
thing that's going to either save you or kind of make you a better person. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a beautiful and kind of lovely song. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to sing along to, and it's just kind of talking about life. And it's like, th- for this song, maybe this is not true, and don't, don't look back in anger by Oasis, but in Wonderwall, I kind of feel like a it's more rooted in kind of reality and kind of the romanticism is at like a realistic level mm-hmm. is kind of what I think mm-hmm. but I just I like I really love this song mm-hmm. and I'm an Oasis fangirl oh yeah <laughs> so yeah I got you I got you I'm the same way with Ludo yeah <laughs> I'm just such a fangirl mm-hmm. actually I might, re- might read more lyrics but mm-hmm. here it says the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out. I'm sure you've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I feel about you now. Mm. I don't know. Like, I guess thinking about it now, I'm like, he's not saying that he loves this person, but, like, the writing's on the wall. It's like, mm-hmm. no one feels the way that I feel about you because I feel, I feel more about you than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like a... A love letter or kind of such a caring note to the one he loves that like hey I know you've been through a lot but like I'm here now mm-hmm. and like after everything that I go through you're my wonder wall and I know we were talking about like we don't really <laughs> or at least I don't really kind of understand what he means by wonder wall I mean there's like two or three interpretations of what I can think a wonder wall might be mm-hmm. what kind of do you think maybe like the wonder wall kind of thing would mean it was kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, I think it might be one of those, like, both and kind of situations. Because you, you offered up two possibilities that you thought. And what, what are they again? I think I offered that maybe the Wonder Wall is, like, this person is, like, a statue in art and something he can't really connect with. But he can look at them and kind of be grateful for them and their beauty. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of a wonder wall of being, like, a protection device for him Mm -hmm. and something that he loves greatly and protects them. Yeah. Um, I think what I said earlier um, was that, like, it was kind of both. Yeah. Um, It was, like, something that he can love and look at and um, adore and really appreciate, but it also shields him from, like, the ugliness, possibly, of the world. Um, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's beautiful, too, that she's something that can shield him from the world. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, in the song, he's talking about how he's heard of everything that she's gone through. Mm. But still, after she's gone through all of that, she can protect him because she doesn't want him to, like, feel the same way. Yeah. And I know I'm probably kind of, like, going through it in my head, and I've heard it so many times, but I think talking about that kind of brings up the, Mm -hmm. you know, conversation of kind of just... After you go through so much, you want to protect someone else. Exactly. From not having to experience what you've gone through. I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I love the idea of mutual protection. Yeah. Um, for the one that you love, or just even friends, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, I've been through some pretty rough, like, mental battles, mm-hmm. um, and I try really hard I don't always succeed but I always try really hard to make sure that um you know the people that I care about my family my friends my loved ones um to make sure that they feel 
loved and um, heard and seen. Oh, definitely. Um, because, you know, like, in situations like that, like, um, you want to give what you didn't have. Right, exactly. Um, but I also love the idea that while you're doing that for someone else, they're doing the same thing for you. For you. So. Yeah, it's really beautiful and poignant, and I, I definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. Like, after going through something, you don't want someone else to feel that way, and you want to do everything in your power to protect them. Mm-hmm. And you know that they love you, too, and it's kind of just this beautiful kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's I like really that. beautiful. Heck yeah. Yeah. Hey. Would you like to do your, your second one? Yeah, I'm going to do Yay. my second one. And this song, okay, I'm just going to preface this by saying that I am a Will Ferrell lover. <laughs> yes. Like, I used to say, I am feral for Will Ferrell. <laughs> that would be a good intro. <laughs> yeah. I just love him. He's so funny. Um, and I know this is controversial, but I think he is so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but not like elf Will Ferrell, like old Will Ferrell. Oh, like, <laughs> so, super, like, like superstar Will Ferrell? Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or, <superstar>. yeah. <laughs> um, or even like stepbrothers Will Ferrell. Oh, like, he's like old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, yeah. He recently um, starred in a musical called Spirited. Yeah. And it was in, let me see, 2022 with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, wow. And let me just tell you, I know it was like a silly, goofy kind of movie, but it was like honestly so like. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was funny, but it was also deep and had, like, meaning. And I guess it was kind of a flop, but I personally, like, I watched it with my family, and they were like, eh, it was okay. But, like, I'm a show tunes kind of gal. I love musicals. Yeah. And so whenever they started to sing, I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this. Yeah. I didn't know Will Ferrell had a voice. Yeah. That had to be a shock. Yeah. He's got a voice. Yeah. Um, He sang this song called Unredeemable, um, which, so I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but basically um, in the Charles Dickens um, book, what was it called? It was Hmm. the Christmas one. A Christmas Carol? A Christmas Carol. Yeah. So with Scrooge, he was um, Scrooge. Yeah. Um, And there's this old program where they do the whole thing that happened to Scrooge that night to other people to, like, change them and kind of, like, make them better people, I guess, in one night. Um, And he played the old Scrooge, and he was trying to do his part and, like, turn other people's lives around. And... Um, he still felt a lot of guilt for being such a jerk in his life. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, he sang this song called Unredeemable. Mm-hmm. And let me just read a few, okay. few lyrics. Yeah. Um, he opens by saying, am I forever unredeemable? Can I ever overcome all the wrongs I'm running from? Can my worst be left behind or do I deserve to find there's a soul who can see any good in me or will I only ever be unredeemable? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of, like, a silly kind of song, I guess, um, because, obviously, it's Will Ferrell singing it. Yeah. But I've gone through periods of my life where, a little bit of self-disclosure, where I've felt, um, like, I was, like, unredeemable. Like, I've, all, I've done all these things, and, like, I'm, like, now I'm kind of worthless. Um, yeah. Or I'm always going to be this person that I used to be. 
Um, and it's one of those situations where it's like, I, and it's caused so much struggle with me, like spiritually, emotionally and everything. Um, but like in situations where I felt that way, I've always been told by my family and by my pastor that no matter how like unredeemable I feel, Mm. um, there is still redemption in Christ. Right. Um, regardless of the path that you have walked. Um, and I just, oh my gosh. And oh my gosh, this song is just, just the lyrics. Um, uh, let me find some more lyrics. I wanted to read because it, yeah, it's just such it's, a good song. It really is. Um, oh, am I forever unredeemable? If I'll ever, if I'll ever be someone who makes up for all they've done, or is all I am unlovable? Am I someone someone can forgive? Can I take the leap and live? There's a lot I'd leave behind, but I've got to go and find. If a tr- if it's true that there is truly good in me, and maybe see that I won't always be unredeemable. Mm. Oh my gosh, goosebumps! <laughs> Cause like, he he wants so badly to be loved and right. um, to have worth and to feel heard and seen and cared for, but he's got all this like guilt yeah. and shame, um, but he's trying to take that leap and find that he is worthy. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's like a silly movie. It's a silly song, but it's such it's like such a moving song, especially for people that have dealt with situations like that. Yeah. Um, and I just love it so much. Like I have like just sat in my car, turned it all the way up and just screamed the lyrics yeah. and cried. Um, because again, it's just, so great it's just so great so it's beautiful mm-hmm. and I was thinking about how when you feel all that guilt like the logical thing is well just go on with your life mm-hmm. but then you kind of think well how do I do that when I'm kind of burdened down by exactly everything like yeah. it seems so easy like in theory to like go on with your life mm-hmm. but like in practice it's so hard if we don't kind of like lean on God and kind of lean on his promises to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it's um yeah. It's like it it seems like people want to say all the time just get over it, just keep going, yeah. just move through it, go get over it. But once you do that so many times, you realize that like you're not over it. And it, it's just yeah. piling and piling and piling and piling and then all of a sudden you're sitting in your car and you have this enormous weight on your shoulders and you're you feel stuck you feel stuck and um you feel shame and you feel worthless Mm -hmm. and it's a really painful realization and that's why I think it's just so awful for people to just yeah just say oh get over it it's it's been like four years get over it yeah um but like I don't think healing is something that just happens and I don't think really healing is ever complete. No. Um, and for that to be just like a general societal accepted thing to say is just very harmful, especially to our youths. Right. Um, yeah, so. 
Yeah, and a lot of times when people tell you to like, oh, get over it, you're, you're like, how do they not realize how harmful this is? And they're mm -hmm. like, when they say that, they're never willing to go through it with you. They just mm -hmm. want you to like glaze over it and act yeah. like it's okay. And it's so you don't dull their sparkle. Right. Um, and they don't want you to burden them with your issues. Right. And then oftentimes, I've experienced this, you'll act like you're fine. Mm -hmm. And they'll kind of, like, try to, like, reopen the wound. And you get really confused as to why. Mm -hmm. When they told you to get over it, they're kind of, like, wanting you to still be back there. And I think that's a really toxic thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, in that, you can learn, like, who the true friend and who really isn't who you kind of need to kind of like back away from yeah um like you said um they like open that wound up after telling yeah. like shutting it yeah. down um like they it, it kind of seems like sometimes when that happens they they want you to get over it until it's convenient for them to talk right. about it right um, and that's exactly like you said, that's how you, that's like when you start to figure out who's your real friend and who's not. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times people don't want to hear about your issues. Right. Um, until they are having those same issues and then they're like, how did you get over it? And you're like, well, I'm, I didn't get over it. Yeah. But now you're asking me about it when you told me like to get over it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah but yeah but I think an important thing to say here is like God is never like trying to push us and be like get over it now get over it now I think mm -hmm. God is um a God who um really kind of values the process I mean look at like stories in the Bible of people who have very traumatic experiences and they're crying out to God and they need their friends around them and God is letting them process so I think mm -hmm. the notion that we just have to get over it and get over it now and never talk about it ever again is not really yeah biblical or something that God would want us to do exactly yeah um and people sometimes say it with like a loving heart they're like well you can't heal unless you do this and this and this or until you start getting out there and get over it but I mean even with Job like he was suffering like he lost everything yeah everything and, God let him process that and God let him lean on him um, yeah. and one of the things is like God won't take away your pain but God will be there with you through your pain yeah exactly um, and I just I think that's really really beautiful because you know you'll never have a, sh a better shoulder to lean on than God's um, because you know he knows exactly what you're going through and some people you can't tell everything you're going through um, yeah. but you can tell God um, yeah. and it's one of those situations where like you don't have to take everything off your shoulders all at once you just lean a little bit yeah um, and slowly all of that weight begins to like recede a little bit yeah so yeah <laughs> very good discussion about that yeah 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 but yeah great song I love yeah. it so much <laughs> it's really beautiful yeah so, what's your song? Your last Am song? Am I doing my last song? Are you doing oh your my last gosh. song? <laughs> my last song is another 90s song. Oh, Who yeah. Knew? Who <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually called 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. And let me pull up some lyrics. 
I was reading yesterday that the lead singer of the band, I don't really know his name, oops, but um, <laughs> the lead singer of the band was kind of writing this song as kind of an ode to childhood nostalgia mm-hmm. and being young, and so let me find the lyrics that I was going to kind of read. Oh, here we go. That we don't even care to shake these zipper blues, and we don't know just where our bones will rest. To dust, I to dust, I guess, forgotten and absorbed to the earth below. And it's really kind of talking about mortality, and sometimes we don't know where our life is going to lead, and it's hard to shake kind of the blues of leaving childhood, mm-hmm. or n- really not even childhood, but like the n- nostalgic feel. And this a nostalgic feeling mm-hmm. that you feel <laughs> like behind you and it's just sad mm-hmm. but at the same time um did you tell me you'd heard this song before i think i have right it sounds familiar i remember earlier we were kind of talking about or i was talking about how this song is like happy kind of in the tone but mm-hmm. then it's like this undertone of like melancholy mm-hmm. and like the concepts of happiness and like melancholic longing for nostalgia kind of works so well together and you, I just find myself kind of like dancing along to this because it's like so catchy and just fun mm-hmm. and I think it was really an attempt for him to kind of give listeners like a space to kind of feel their feelings and like feel nostalgic again about something and I think it's just like a really beautiful kind of song Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and the idea of nostalgia like I never really understood until I got to college yeah um because you know like now like it's getting popular because like our generation is like looking back at like stuff that we were raised with or things that we used to love and like it's just not as bright and colorful as it used to be right and it's like one of these moments where you like rejoice in your childhood but yeah. at the same time you mourn the loss of it yeah um and i like that bittersweet idea of it's happy but also melancholy under it yeah because that's exactly how it feels to reminisce in your past um if you had a good childhood <laughs> yeah or even if you had like a more sad kind of Mm-hmm. more sad moments in your childhood you can still look back and think of kind of things that made you happier things that made it a better childhood like I was thinking earlier um about being in primary and elementary school and around Halloween time so in October um from like kindergarten to second grade we would have like these storybook dress-ups for Halloween mm-hmm. and so everyone would dress up as a storybook character and then we'd leave our classrooms. They'd have Halloween music, so like Monster Mash or like oh, somebody watching one. me or, you know, yeah. all those like Halloween mm-hmm. songs playing. And then we'd do like a, we'd all walk in a line mm-hmm. from our hall all the way to the gym. Mm-hmm. And then we would have like a procession where we would walk around and we'd hold our books and like parents would be there and it was just like a really happy thing and even Mm. like not even just Halloween but like Christmas because 
Oh my gosh, yes. Like we used to do like pajama day where everyone would wear pajamas and have hot chocolate or watch Polar Express. Oh yes. Yeah. And like bring snacks and bring yeah. blankets and stuff. Yeah. Yes. I those are like some of the best memories I have. Um, but I never like I was like looked back at it and I was like, Oh that's that was so fun and now like you're in college, you're an adult. You've got, like, bills to pay sometimes and stuff like that. And, like, you look back at that and it's like, wow. It was just, like, because it was so, I don't know, like, I think of my past, like, my my childhood and everything sometimes in, like, bright lights and neon colors. and But, like, now it's kind of getting replaced with a little bit of sadness. Yeah. Um, because I never liked the movie Polar Express. Really? Because we watched it every year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now, like, I look at it and I'm like, wow. Like, it was just such a pivotal part of our childhoods, I think. At least it was for me. Um, and it was just, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. So. You actually... Like, listening to you talk kind of brought up a song to mind, so I'm I'm not really going to add it as, like, part of the podcast, but I am going to talk about it because mm-hmm. it kind of popped in my head. It's called When We Were Young by Adele, and I'm not sure if you ever heard it, but it's, like, really sad to me, Aww. but also I, like, I think it's a, re- a really kind of important little song. Let me see if I can find the lyrics. I think I, I think the chorus or the bridge is the part I kind of was reminded of listening to you talk. Let's see. The internet. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the part of this, the song, When We Were Young by Adele, says, Let me photograph you in this light in case it is the last time that we might be exactly like we were before we realized we were scared of getting old. It made us restless. It was just like a movie. Oh my god! It was just like a song when we were young. Oh. And like thinking about childhood and being young and having those happy moments, and then mm. you're an adult, and it's it's like we can still have happy moments. Like we can go to all these campus events. We could even have sleepovers with our friends. But like, there's kind of a realism that we have to go through as an adult. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, it can still be great and everything, but like the responsibilities of like being an adult kind of take away like the shimmer Mm -hmm. you know exactly yeah and that's like and like even thinking about it like one day we're going to be feeling the exact same thing about our college years yeah and and it's like even now like I'm starting to like remember high school which I was like wanting to get out of high school like I hated it Mm -hmm. um and now I'm looking back at it and I'm like wow I had some pretty great memories um, and we were, like, growing up and everything, and, like you said, like, we were growing up, and we were realizing how scared we were to grow up, but, like, I, because I, that takes me back specifically to middle school, when I was with my best friend at the time, Hannah, and we would hang out, like, every day during the summer. Yeah. And we would go play in the creek, and we would, we had this thing we called the treasure club, mm-hmm. where it was just her and I, and we would just, like, fish stuff out of the, yeah. like, junk out of the creek. Yeah. And we had, like, a little, like, not treehouse, it was, it used to be a pigsty in wow. the woods. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and we made it into our own little clubhouse, and looking back at that, 
because we used to like sit in that clubhouse and just dream about the future and sometimes we were like scared to think about the future Hmm. but we were also excited yeah and like looking back at moments like that it's just like bittersweet um but yeah sometimes like like we're not best friends anymore but we're still friends and we've been talking recently she recently got married really yes like i was like oh my like beautiful wedding as well really um and i've known her husband since i was like two yeah. And, like, we grew up together. He was my brother's best friend. I was his brother's friend. And um, so it, it's just, like, one of those things, like, where, like, we grew, we all grew up together. And, like, seeing that childhood best friend marry my childhood, like, basically brother. Yeah. It, it That was also nostalgic in and of itself. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, just, like, looking back at memories like that that I used to just like pass off as you know something that happened now I'm looking back and I'm like wow life used to be like so simple yet beautiful yeah um and I like to look back at it but sometimes it also hurts to look back at so but yeah you just reminded me of a quote (laughs) again and I'm actually gonna have to look back on my Facebook post (laughs) because I know I posted this quote a while back let's see if I can find it You will find really quickly I connect everything mm-hmm. to another and it's just, everything's connected. Mm-hmm. That's how I, that's how things work in my head. It's really hard to explain, but this is, it's gotcha. just how it works. Do you have like a spider web mind? I, that might all... be what it's called. It's <laughs> yeah. just like all connected. <laughs> I've got like a linear mind. So like it takes me a minute to think back, but yeah. Yeah. Let's see if I can find it. Posted by me. Okay, I can't really find it, but I think I'll just, like, explain it. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, of course you want to go back there. It's the past. And, like, I know we're not talking about the movie, but since it, like, popped in my head. Mm -hmm. Midnight in Paris is basically about um, this writer. Actually, Owen Wilson plays the part of the writer. Yeah, Owen Wilson. Really cool. I love Owen Wilson. He's great. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, in the mo- in the movie Midnight in Paris, Owen Wilson is a writer, and he romanticizes above all else Paris in the nineteen twenties. That is his mm-hmm. everything. He wants to be Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, he wants to find himself in Paris, and his um, fiance, Rachel McAdams, is like. Er- a rich girl from like the US and she's like I just don't understand why you romanticize Paris she's like a real realist and she's just like I don't understand Mm -hmm. and like there's a part in the movie where he um he it starts to rain and she's like 
we need to hurry up and get in the cab. <laughs> and he's like, it's raining in Paris. Of course I'm going to walk in the rain. And she's like, you're going to walk in the rain? And he's like, yeah, why not? But basically the plot of the movie is like, he ends up going back in time to Paris in the 20s mm-hmm. and finding out the thing he's romanticized in his head of, like, the golden age. His golden age mm-hmm. was just, like, every other time period mm-hmm. because he's bringing to bear, like, his 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 challenges in life. And, like, just because it's Paris in the 20s doesn't mean life is going to be, like, completely perfect. Mm-hmm. So he kind of has, like, this realization that, like... I have nostalgia for somewhere I've never been and now I'm here because I travel back in time and like of course we were we romanticize the things we miss or we want mm-hmm. and I think the quote is like talking about it's something like of course you miss it or of course you want it it's the past mm-hmm. and it's like something you can't grasp mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of like along the like talking about nostalgia of like I don't think it's a bad thing that we yearn for the past. Like, Mm -hmm. I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely want to latch on to, like, the good things of the past. Yeah. And I think think that's normal. I think that's a really good thing. I think it's something that kind of helps us through our lives as even adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, a lot of people do that as well with the 1950s in America. Oh, yeah. I hear that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's like... I want to go back to the 1950s. I would have thrived, and it's because of their fashion. But, like, a lot of people don't, like, realize that, like, that time period was, like, you think the world right now is racist or, like, or just misogynistic. And, like, we wouldn't have, like, anything. Like, and racism was, like, just an awful, like, I mean, racism still exists now, but, like, it was the 50s. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's before the well before the civil rights movement yeah. so yeah oof. so like it was bad and like people romanticize that a lot um kind of kind of like the 1920s in paris like yeah people romanticize it but like if they were to travel back in time their their whole like those their rose-colored glasses would shatter yeah um and but like at the same time that doesn't mean you can't look back at that past and like yearn for it I mean, like, the fashion was great. Yeah. We loved the fashion. I mean, the music was just spectacular. Yeah. But, like, you can't kind of, like, idolize it above all else and just, like, ignore the present while you're looking at the past. Right. Um, so, but, yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, like, if you, for some reason had like this magical experience and you went back to the 1950s mm-hmm. you have to think you're going back but your personhood and yourself you're going to be affected by everything around you mm-hmm. so I mean you're not just this little statue who's going back and enjoying just the fashion or just the music or mm-hmm. the food or whatever like you're a person there and I yeah. think I think you lose elements of like realness when you kind of have that idealistic vision of like yeah. going back the, to the 1950s you mm-hmm. know and it's even, like, one of those things, where like, where you idolize the idea of being in another country as well, even in the present time. Yeah. Um, 
like a lot of people will go to Japan and they're gonna be like oh they're gonna have like anime all over the place they're gonna be like so sweet they're gonna all like know English and da 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 and you get there and they're just like normal people yeah and your <laughs> worldview is crushed you're like what yeah exactly because like you don't realize that like these people are sentient people yeah have a different culture and it's just it's gonna be different but whenever yeah. you start to idolize something so much that you lose the reality of it, yeah, then that's where, like, the problem can occur. And that's when, you know, like, actions start to develop that aren't healthy and stuff like that. And so got to keep the got to keep that nostalgia and the, the idolization in check for yeah. sure. <laughs> but it's still one of those things where it's like it can be beautiful. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, I love being nostalgic about music. So yes, kind of yes, me too. Because, I mean, like... It's like, so easy to be nostalgic about music. Yes, especially when, like, music nowadays, I mean, some of it's pretty good, but, like, I don't know, there's just something so beautiful, especially about 50s music, like... Yeah. Like, Patsy Cline. Love Patsy Cline. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. we were talking about this earlier, where it was, like... I just, I was raised with Patsy Cline and also Boston, two different yeah. generations, but, like, still just, like, beautiful music and just great. I mean, Patsy Cline song, love Patsy Cline. Like, mm-hmm. I was telling you, um, me and my mom used to sing a lot of Patsy Cline, especially Walking After Midnight together. Oh, my god! And just listen to it together, so that's yes. kind of our song, even though she's passed on. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was thinking a lot about Patsy Cline and how Patsy Cline's song songs are just like full of yearning yes and it's such beautiful yearning like the yeah. pure the purest form of yearning for a love or something and, mm-hmm. and she's amazing even like on the topic of nostalgia like even her music at the time it was nostalgic yeah. like she was looking back and just living and yeah. loving and yearning and it's just so beautiful and that's i think an example of how um how nostalgia or nostalgic views can be so beautiful yeah um and it doesn't necessarily have to be like something from like your past like your 10 years ago it can be something for even a week ago yeah um and like a love you once had yeah um which a lot of her music is about and yeah. like i used i listened to patsy klein growing up on road trips with my mom whoa yes on a cd in the car Mm, crazy yeah um and now like i associate her music with my mother yeah and i i know that that will always be something that i see in my mother and Mm. see in that music and so sometimes when i'm feeling homesick I listen to Patsy Cline yeah. because it makes me feel like my mother mm-hmm. is right there next to me in the car and um, we're on the way to Nebraska to go visit family. Yeah. And it's um, that's another sense of nostalgia that I get is like, the music is so good, yeah, yeah, but like you have those memories attached to that music. Yeah. Um, and even with old hymns and stuff, I, I identify with my grandma. Yeah. And my grandpa, Papu, um, he... They just both loved music, and so sometimes I hear songs that, like, they used to sing, and I just cry, because, like, yeah. they've moved on, but that music is still there, and the feeling that I get with it is just, is still there. Exactly. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. So. Every time I listen to walk to Walking After Midnight, I just think about, like, 
summer nights of us sitting on our porch and like the little breeze and yeah she had dementia and so her memory was um obviously pretty bad but mm-hmm. uh she never forgot those lyrics until it got really bad years later yeah but i would ask her um just to see what she would say like hey mama what song would you like to sing and it would always be walking after midnight and so mm-hmm. We'd, we would sing it, and she would always tell me, my voice is just not as good as it used to be. And I'd be like, I don't care. Like, let's sing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so we would. So I just love Patsy because that was our little thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I just also just love how, like, the like the human mind. I'm a psych major. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how the human mind can tie and attach things and like sounds and smells and um stuff with memories yeah um and like you said like sitting at the sum like in the summer night on the porch with the breeze it takes you back to those times yeah and it's like sometimes I whenever I hear um birds chirping yeah it brings me back to the the days where I would be sitting out on the porch in the backyard and my mom would be going down and taking care of her ducks and she would sit at the bench next to the pond and she would just say, she would read her Bible and she would say, this is my slice of heaven. Mm. And it's just, it's it's so like amazing how such things can like just take you back. Yeah. Um, Even smells, like sometimes I smell like a gyro and like I I go back to when um, my family would go out to the Greek Island, um, which is a restaurant in Nebraska that Papa would take us to. Um, and it would just bring me back to the, those times where like, we all just like sat and enjoyed our family and we're pretty, we were pretty detached from our culture as like Greek people, but my grandpa wasn't. And so, um, but like those kinds of memories just bring you back, even just smells or sounds and it's just so beautiful it is beautiful i think it really shows that as humans we're meant to remember the good things yes oh that is such an amazing quote Mm -hmm. girl i'm gonna quote you on that (laughs) snap 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 i love that that's so that's so true um we're meant to feel and remember and have this just collective like mind of yearning and loving and just nostalgia as well and just in general yeah so yeah (laughs) really beautiful Mm -hmm. really beautiful yeah you're a psych major so maybe you've heard of this word before I don't know exactly how to pronounce it but I've loved it for like three years I first came across it in like my first ever college psychology class Mm -hmm. but it's a portuguese word that can't be translated into english Mm -hmm. and it's like s-a-u-d-a-d-a-d-e i always try to say it phonetically like so dodgy or something yeah and it's not how you say it let me google it but i might i might know but I've always loved the word because it means like a melancholic feeling of nostalgia or longing for something lost. Oh, yes. So beautiful. I say that. Saudada. Saudada. Okay. Saudada. Interesting. Yeah. yeah uh, a feeling of longing, melancholy, or nostalgia that is supposedly 
characteristic of the Portuguese or Brazilian temperament. Wow. I think the word was, like, used, from what I've read, when, like, the sailors of, like, the Portuguese women would go away and they would be so kind of downtrodden and sad that their loves had gone away to see they kind of needed a word to kind of describe their feelings oh i love that so, so it's much. beautiful and I've, I've just always loved the word yeah that's a beautiful word i might have to add that into my vocabulary yeah yeah that's awesome and even that it's a word that like can't be directly translated into english i think is really cool because it's yes. like a a microcosm of just yeah. feelings and i think that's yeah. really beautiful yeah i love that like I love words that can't specifically be translated because it just, like, it shows this... And a lot of times they have, like, definitions but not exact translations. Um, And it's, like, especially for that word, it's, like, a universal feeling but not a universal word. Right. And I really really like that. There's just something about it, you know? It's so beautiful. It's, like... A scene out of a movie. You just see the like the husband going mm-hmm. to see, and oh there's the wife, and it's just beautiful, and it's it's sad, but it's beautiful at the same time, you know. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you said that, this is like kind of off topic. Whenever you yeah. said that, my brain went to the episode, like the last part of Shrek. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where like they're getting married on the boat and sailing away, and the like the dragon babies are flying around I don't know why that brought me back to that but like because it kind of feels like yeah shoot like now I'm reminded of um the king dying and what was it oh Shrek was it Shrek 2 or I think it was three? Shrek 2 I don't know but you know when he's dying and like hallelujah by oh my Rufus gosh rain white is playing hallelujah. oh my yeah. gosh what a beautiful like I mm. think of that every time I hear that song because yeah. I cried genuine tears as a kid when he died. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was hard. It was, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I think, like, well, the song was originally by Leonard, Leonard Cohen, and then mm-hmm. Jeff Buckley did it in the 90s, and then Rufus did it for the movie. But, like, mm-hmm. the way Rufus sang it was just so yeah poignant and sad to me. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. li- it's literally the embodiment of, I think, that word. Swadati? Sw- yeah. Yeah. Soldado or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like melancholy, nostalgia, and longing. Yeah, and you can't exactly pinpoint what you feel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on this episode. I've had Thank so much you. fun. I had so much fun too. Thank was, you for having of me. Of course, it was so awesome. I've been so excited like all week for this. Yeah, I've been so excited. I just love. I love music, and your voice is so calming. I love. I loved your first episode. Thank so, you. So so yeah. excited. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is exciting. I've never like co-starred on somebody's podcast before. It's I've only really been on cool. mine. Yeah. 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 Thank you. You'll have to join us on our podcast yes, at some point. I can't wait to do that. Yes, I'm very yes. excited for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hit me up. I yeah, got you, girl. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, do you have like an outro or anything? Next week, episode three is going to be 90s Country Review. We'll talk about Randy Travis, Keith Whitley, and more. Join me then. Slay! Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs>